Can we turn in our Bibles to uh, 2 Corinthians 5? We've had our series on, uh, on eternity, 2 Corinthians 5. And uh, I've honestly been so challenged in myself. I, I've, I feel that God has done something, and I've learned so much about eternity. I've learned so much about heaven. We learned that heaven is, is actually, for me, different to what I initially pictured heaven to be. So if you've missed the past two weeks, go download it on the internet. Uh, even though I preached, I know it's, it's kind of good. Um, oh. <laughs> and it's, it's really from the Word of God. That's, that's, I haven't gone on to, because you can go onto the internet and you can find a whole bunch of like near-death experiences and all that kind of thing. Generally, most of them just don't even, it's just weird. Um, but actually, we, we found out about what eternity looks like when we step over the door of death. So, this week I'm talking on our rewards. Who likes rewards? I do. And uh, I, the way, the kind of the analogy that I, I look, I mean, let me read it first and then I'll get into it. For we know that the, if the earthly tent, which is our bodies, we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Amazing, okay? So if we think that Dubai is amazing, and we think it's well made. Can you imagine heaven, the creator of everything? He's just going to make the most incredible heaven for us. Uh, meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because we are clothed, uh, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with the heavenly dwelling so that uh, what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us a spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Next page. Just that deposit. I mean, I think that is key. That Jesus, uh, in, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. So it's, every time we pray that, basically I, I heard someone quote it like this. I said, God wants to be famous on earth. So when we pray and we say, God, let your kingdom come, it's, it's God's fame. Sounds like I just stepped into a bathroom. There we go. Um, it's God's fame that causes us. Okay, I'll just read from verse six. Therefore, we are always confident, and that uh, therefore we are always confident, and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are looking forward to heaven. There's very few people who have actually gone up to heaven and seen it. We are looking forward to a place. These past two weeks, I've described what heaven looks like and what we're going to be enjoying, enjoying for eternity. Uh, uh, verse 8. We are confident and say and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. It's our goal to please Jesus. Can everyone hear okay? At the back? You fine, Greg? Um, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now that is exciting and scary. So today I'm talking about our heavenly rewards. What, when, we have, when we are living in this earth suit, what we do in this earth suit while we are believers, what is going to look like that side of eternity. So death is a door. We shouldn't fear it. If you've, give, if you've put your faith in Christ, you should never fear death. If you haven't, you can fear death, but today you can change it. 
Today you can acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. Give, give your life over to him. Understand the forgiveness of your sins. And uh, one day, and then immediately you get your citizenship in heaven. It's almost like people, there's some people that are going to be moving across to uh, Australia. I think Craig and Elsa in the next couple of years will move there. But they've basically been given kind of a rite of passage into Australia for them to go and move. And that's almost what the deposit of the Holy Spirit is. It's, it's we've, we've given something that, that reminds us of our heavenly dwelling, the other side of eternity. There's almost like this invisible string that when, what we do here, this invisible communication thing, that what we do on the kingdom of earth is, is reflected later when we are living in heaven. So there's a reward to how we live. And, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discuss all of this and open it all up. So for me, just also coming back from Nepal, those, those men who literally have nothing, but they are looking forward to a heavenly hope. They are looking forward to Jesus Christ. They are looking forward to one day when they're going to stand before him and they're going to say, well done, you good and faithful servant. And as I've been saying the past few weeks is that we live on this earth like this earth is eternal, and we, th- and we don't think about, we think about the next life as temporary. That's how people live. That's, I think, a lot, even a lot of our Christians live. We, we, we so stack up things on earth that we're not even thinking about the eternal consequences, where God is wanting us to live from heaven down to earth. Okay, so first point. Heaven is not just a destination. It's an ongoing motivation. Heaven is not just a destination. It's an ongoing motivation. Paul wrote and he says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. So he's saying, while I'm in this body, I'm going to do the best with what God has given me because I know that side of eternity, I'm, I'm stacking up rewards, I'm stacking up things. And for people who, who maybe don't like the word works, I'm going to explain what that means for, for us. We, we never work our way to salvation. It's a free gift given by Jesus Christ through faith in him. We are longing for, an ho- for a homeland. 2 Corinthians 15 58. Can we go there quickly? It's a third slide. It says uh, 2 Corinthians 15. Next one. It says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We need to give ourselves fully to Jesus. I think a lot of us come as believers and we think, okay, well, we've just got this path to heaven. But let me tell you that that side of eternity, people who've worked hard for him are going to have different rewards. Some people don't like that. Oh, what about grace? What about the Yes, grace. You deserve death. All of us deserve death. There's not one person in heaven who's going to be walking around heaven and say, well, I actually deserve to be here. It's only by the grace of Jesus that we are in heaven. But yet he calls us to do stuff on this earth that is going to affect how we live that side of eternity. For me, uh, people say, oh, we shouldn't focus too much on heaven. But the Bible says we must set our minds on things above, Colossians 3.2. Set our minds on things above. It says we must run the race. We must, we must throw off the sin that so easily entangles us so we can look forward to, to one day. And it should motivate us to live a better life on this earth. It should do a few things. Be better in our workplace. There should be a greater sense of urgency in our lives, a greater sense that Jesus is coming. Some of you sit here and think, oh, that's just a story. No, it's Jesus is coming back a second time. Jesus is coming back to his faithful saints. He's coming back to those who have put their faith in him. And, uh, and we are all given this opportunity to find Christ this side of eternity. We need to manage our life and our time around God's kingdom. Second point. 
Getting to heaven takes grace. Getting a reward takes grit, perseverance, and courage. I'll say it again. Point two. Getting to heaven takes grace. Getting a reward takes grit. That means you just grit your teeth and you go. And I, oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Perseverance and courage. What we have to understand is that this judgment seat that we spoke about in the first verse is, not, is different to the white throne judgment in Revelation 20. Okay, so the, one, the white throne judgment is going to be the whole world judged whether they're given their lives to Christ or not. If, and the only thing that's going to get you into heaven is if your name is written in the book of life. If this side of eternity you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This judgment seat of Christ is what Paul had to look forward to because it's almost it's a judgment for believers only. Okay. The judgment is not to decide whether you stay in heaven or not. It's to decide what rewards you're going to get. And can I say this as an outset? God is looking to reward us. It's not like uh, he's, he's standing there just saying, okay, well, oh, she only did a little bit. I'm not going to give you anything. God's going to reward the things we did. Everything that's in line with his word, everything that's in line with the kingdom that has been spirit-led, he's going to reward. I want to talk about that more later. Paul is speaking about a rewards ceremony for believers. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Can we go to that one? It says, therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and he will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. And the, the way to think about it is, is simply this. is like when uh, we, we watched the Olympics, which was it last year or the year before? I can't remember where it was. People stand in the stadium, we're all on our TV. Usain Bolt uh, runs in like nine seconds. He runs the 100 meter. We all cheer and it's exciting and whatever. And it's, it's in, in a sense, it's almost like that. It's God is going to be rewarding those who, who have endured in this life. Some of you have endured through pain. Some, have, some people have endured martyrdom, which have given their lives unto death for Christ. These people are going to be rewarded for, it, it, it says in Mark 9.41, it says that we're going to be rewarded for even giving a cup of water in Jesus' name. So everything done for his kingdom, for the, the furthering of his kingdom, there's going to be a reward. And I think, I mean, for me, that's an amazing verse. It says they will receive their praise from God. Wow. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, the Bible does indicate that not everyone's going to have that said to them. You'll go, you'll go to heaven, there's no doubt. Because if you put your faith in Christ, but we'll, as we'll read later, it's almost like you're going to go into heaven like being singed by fire. It's, uh, it's, it's, God has called us to do stuff on this earth, and, I, and, and I'm going to say this, it's, it's from His grace inside of us, compelling us to do the work of God, that we do anything on this earth worth anything. It's all grace. It's all Jesus. It's not somehow in our own effort that we can earn more favor with God, because actually, the moment we give our lives to Christ, the favor of God cannot become even more. It's just about us realizing what kind of favor we actually live in. What the Bible does clearly teach about is that if we live and understand that we sons and daughters, when we step over death's door into that side of eternity, there's going to be rewards for us, which for me is exciting. Does it motivate you? Exciting. Uh, It's by grace. We need to settle this, that our sins are totally forgiven when we come to Christ. We immediately give in citizenship for heaven. Okay, so this judgment seat of Christ that I'm talking about is, is... is, is, is a place that's not going to be a judgment around sin. It's going to be a judgment of what you did with the life that God has given you. Um, salvation is a free gift. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9. I think we've got it there. Uh, salvation is God's work for us. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9. It says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not 
from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Every other religion has a place where we can boast before God. Well, before God, in inverted commas. That we can somehow say, well, I actually earned my place in heaven. I can tell you, God even says that our works are like filthy rags. The absolute, there's nothing to him. The only thing that can, you can approach God with confidence is through Jesus Christ. Through his death, burial, resurrection, through the sacrifice he paid on the cross. He bled and died. He carried the sin of uh, the whole world, the sin of eternity on himself so we can approach God boldly. And it says, your yeah, rewards are our work for God. So first of all, salvation is God's work for us. Rewards are our work that we do for God. This for me doesn't pull me into a place of a works mentality. If anything, it excites me for the future. It excites me that actually I get up every morning knowing that I'm building towards eternity. I'm not building towards, I might have a, a retirement home one day or some kind of place, but actually I'm building towards a place where God is 100% in control, in charge. That side of eternity. Jesus went to hell for us. He faithfully gave, forgave all our sins and he, and he secured an eternal home for us. Uh, we are secure in his love. Have we got Romans 8 up there? Romans 8.31. I don't think we do. Let's just leave it out. There it is. Okay. No. Leave it. Okay. So it's going to take grit, perseverance, and courage. The ward ceremony is not... It's going to be based around what God is, essentially what he's called us to and what we did with the life that he's put in our heart. Um, Paul compares it to running a race to win the prize. Now we know that, if we look at uh, our friends Jose and Darren, they don't eat chicken breast with the skin off because it tastes better. Okay, They, they, they do that because there's a prize at the end. They don't eat quinoa instead of white rice because it doesn't actually taste better. I don't care what anyone says. Quinoa will never be rice. It will never, ever be. Roasted vegetables with no olive oil will never taste good. There's, there's, there's stuff, but they, they know that there's a prize at the end. Those who compete competitively, Brett does triathlons. Uh, Greg, almost forgot your name again. Um, he trains. There's, 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 there's a dedication daily to, to, the, to the task at hand. And I think that's what Paul says of us. He says, we need to start living with it, with it that one day there's going to be a reward ceremony in heaven. It's almost going to be like this big Olympic stadium. And God is looking to reward us. He's looking. He's going to scan our lives. And he's going to say, what is the good? What is the good that you've done? And he's going to start rewarding us for it. 1 Corinthians 9.25. I think we've got it there. It says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. I must admit... I enjoy food, okay, so to be a, I mean, I could have probably been an Olympian, but um, food just got the better of me, um, they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we, uh, but we are imperishable, so do not run aimlessly, I do, I do, so I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I, must, I myself may be disqualified, and the amazing thing about Paul is that he always lived what he preached. He could never come out, he'd never get up and say, oh, you guys must do all of this, and he hasn't lived it out by the grace of Jesus. And um, we need to understand that if we, it's, they speak about athletes, and obviously they had the Olympics back then, but it is almost people competing for a perishable crown. They'd get a, a laurel wreath on their head. It was a big deal back then. I don't know if you'd get some kind of gold, but ultimately that thing is going to perish. We are, we are competing on this life for an imperishable crown. No one remembers who won the pole vote in 1994 Olympics. 
If you do, don't tell me because it will ruin my illustration. Um, the point is, what, what we do on this planet, as uh, Maximus says, is going to echo into eternity. What we do with our life as believers is going to echo into eternity. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to, for me, this, this, is the, this is, I believe, what motivated Paul. Paul understood that he was saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. There's nothing he can do to top his salvation. It's done. It's sorted out. I hope you guys understand that. But he knew that as a believer, there's, there's, a, there's an award ceremony. There's something that he's going to live for eternity. And, he's gonna, and for me, imagine, imagine that when someone, you've, you really have done well. And you've, you've given your life sacrificially to Christ. You've, you've loved Him. You've loved people. You've put Jesus at the center. You get to that side of eternity. And God looks at you in front of billions of people and says, well done. Imagine that. I know that's hard to imagine as we're living in this earth suit. But can we just push our minds forward into the future and say, do you know what? We're living for that commendation. God's not going to love us more because of what we've done. Okay, that's another thing we have to understand. God's love is unconditional. God died for us while we were still sinners. God died knowing that, that a lot of people would reject him. He died and he, was, he hung on the cross. One side of the cross, someone rejected him. Someone said, will you remember me in paradise? It's for the works that we do on earth and what God has called us to do. And key is this, that the Holy Spirit empowers our reward winning. Okay. So, when, so I don't want you to get out of this message think, oh, now I have to just face down. There's sometimes we just have to endure and, and persevere. But actually the Holy Spirit, like we had that moment this morning, where He comes and brings peace and joy and energizes us, us no matter what our circumstance, no matter what we're walking through. Colossians 1.29. Can we put it up quickly? To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy, here's the key, Christ so powerfully works in me. That is the key. We're not called to walk this alone. John 16 speaks about the Holy Spirit being the paracletos, the one who walks alongside us, the one who, 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 uh, who empowers us, who, who guides us, who leads us into all truth. It's never meant to be through our own grit and like, oh, um, you're carrying more burden than, than anyone on this whole planet. It's through Christ's power that works in you, and that's the Holy Spirit. Okay, number three. Sin isn't the issue. Eternal significance is. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 12. Can we go there? If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hail, straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. The day is obviously the judgment day that we've been talking about. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Okay, this is in the Bible, guys. I'm not, I'm not making this up, okay? If you're giving your life to Christ, there's going to be a reward ceremony. There's, if, you, if you don't want to believe it, it doesn't matter because it's going to happen anyway. Um, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. I think that's key, understanding that, you know, if you've given your life to Christ, you've been given everything, but yet almost done nothing for him. You're still going to be saved that side of eternity. It says, even though only as one escaping through the flame. So, I mean, I don't know how long that that's, uh, smell of smoke is going to be on you, but basically that's what is going to happen. 
You know, you're gonna, God's going to test with his fire. He's going to come. Because if you look from Genesis to Revelation, it speaks about God being a consuming fire. He's going to come and consume the straw and all the stuff that actually is building towards nothing. And he's going to keep the good. He's scanning our lives. Um, he's looking for significance. God is a consuming fire. What, would you, what did you do with the life that Jesus Christ died for you to have? What did you do with the life that Jesus Christ died for you to have? And I think we need to bring it down to even our daily decisions, the way we handle our finances, the way we interact with one another, the way we, we are in the workplace. Do we act with integrity? Do uh, our finances oper- uh, operate with integrity? Do we, do we give tithes, offerings? Are we, are we building the local church? Are we, are we doing all these things because we know that that is building towards an eternal home, an eternity that we are going to enjoy forever. We must realize that, that this 70 to 80 years, maybe some of you will go up to 90, is a burp in eternity. It's a little breath. It's just, but we need to do what we can on this side of eternity to make sure that that side we live in a good place. It's going to be amazing anyway, but for some it's going to be better than others. Okay? It's going to be amazing just being with God, but... Uh, I hope you hear what I'm saying. He's given us the spirit. He's given us hope. He's planted us in the house of God. So he's given us literally everything we can to, to be world changers. He's, he's, he's put the spirit of God in us. He's, he's, he's given us his word of God. He's, he's put us in a, in a church where people are, are focused on Jesus. You have, there is nothing stopping any one of you. You have to rem- remind yourself sometimes that you're a son and a daughter of God. That he has put the, the spirit of adoption. You have been grafted into the vine. You are 100% God's. You are just as the children of Israel, chosen by God, not for any of their works, but by grace. We have been chosen by grace, and we've been grafted into Jesus Christ. We have everything going for us. Some of you, Rams had that word earlier, just about feeling down and defeated. You're not. Focus your eyes on Jesus. Look to him, get encouragement from the scriptures and say, you know, Jesus, you endured the cross, but you saw victory afterwards. Abraham, he waited, uh, what was it, like 10, 15, 20 years for a kid, but he saw the victory. And that kid ended up being the line of Israel. There's this, this stuff that you, a lot of you are hoping for and holding on to. Just keep, ho- just keep hoping because the reward is coming. He's looking for significance. So I don't get many things from Aramex, but I, I know a couple of you do. And uh, you're not going to, so it'll arrive in an Aramex box or like a paper bo- uh, cardboard box or whatever. You're not going to keep the cardboard box and go, oh, wow, this is amazing. And, uh, but you're going to go into the content. And it's almost like that other stuff is just discarded. And I think that's what the difference is between gold, silver, costly stones, or wood, hail, or straw. That is the difference. It's got, you've got the good content stuff, but then you've also got the stuff that's just going to be burned and chucked away. And... Uh, so we're going to off, almost offer our lives to Jesus, and, and, and we're going to say, this is my life, Lord, look what I've done. And some of us are going to stand there, and it's just going to be, we're just going to be burnt. And we're like, Phew, what happened? At 40, 50 years of being a believer, I've got a piece of gold that size. And then you have someone who, who may have had less money than you, who may have had less gifts than you, who may have had less opportunities than you. They come in, and because they've been faithful to Christ, they just, they stand there. And it's just like this mansion of God because they've understood. So just a, a heart of humility, a heart of saying, Jesus, the, you've put one call on my life, and that's to, 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 to see the gospel spread across the earth, to, to give a cup of water in Jesus' name, to, to live a kingdom-focused life. 
that side of eternity, we're going to see the rewards of it. This is exciting for me. I hope it is for you. Um, there will be parts that God won't be able to reward you on. It's because you, you've, you've been given the life of Christ. You've been, you've, been, uh, you've been grafted into the vine. He's called you to do all these amazing things, but you've, in a sense, you've squandered your inheritance. This is, this is real. Like, there's, there's people sitting here that have incredible gifts, leadership gifts, talents, that God is wanting to say, just use it for the kingdom of God. And yet we just we sit back and we'd rather live in a Dubai lifestyle. We'd rather live in comfort. We'd rather focus on our, our lives on this temporary four to five years that we have here. And actually, we could have, in four to five years, actually done a whole lot of difference in Dubai and changed the city and seen people come to Christ. It's often the things that no one sees that gets rewarded. It's praying in secret. It's giving in secret. It's generosity. It's what you say or don't say about someone in secret. God sees those things. He sees those things. He's watching. He's building it to your account. Amazing. So much of our life is wasted on wood, hay, and straw. I'm just going to list a few things. The time that you could have shared your faith with someone. The time that you could have redeemed time. You could have gone on a date night instead of watch series. You could have built... Uh, you could have built a strong marriage. You could have been with your kids instead of on your phone. Uh, you could have built family holidays instead of putting your money into something that's going to perish anyway. Um, you could have given your weekends into God's house, being stewards of your, your finance, giving your best to God, laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The issue is not reward and punishment, but reward or loss of reward. And I hope this sobers all of, one of, all of us. And saying, actually, do you know what, God, like, and, and just take a scan over your life now and say, God, what, are the, what, what, you've called me to do something specific. Now, you're not going to be, okay, I'm going to get ahead of myself. You won't get evicted from heaven, but you will be saved as through fire. Point four, almost done, another, let's call it nine minutes, okay. Um, it's not all about productivity, it's about participation purity, and potential. Point four, it's not all about productivity. It's about participation, purity, and potential. First thing, God's not going to stand at, 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 at the gate of heaven and go, how many people do you lead to Christ? And like make a little score. He's not going to do that. Because at the end, of the end of the day, Jesus is the goal scorer. It doesn't matter what our, what our part is. Jesus is the one who scores the goals. He is the, the center forward in soccer. He's the... Wow. Okay, in rugby, everyone scores, but let's just say fly off and wings probably score the most. I don't know. Um, is that right? Can I have some comments from the rugby players? Everyone scores goals in rugby. Okay, bad, in, bad illustration. Um, it's about participation. It says when God saves a soul, whatever our part is, we're only an assistant. 1 Corinthians 3.6 uh, says this, I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. Whatever your part in, so if you're greeting at the door today, if you are preaching, if you're standing at the soundboard, if you have cleaned the toilets and you made it a place where people can actually not have to block their nose and go in, if you've, um, if you've helped set up in the morning, if you've helped packed up, whatever it is, I'm talking about just, just in this local church, you have added towards someone being saved. You, your participation is just as important as the person who preaches. Because at the end of the day, Jesus gets the credit. Jesus saved the person. Jesus, by his spirit, drew him to himself. It's about Jesus. We get the credit for the assist. Purity of heart. We're ready. Can we go back to yeah, 1 Corinthians 4, 5? 
It says, therefore, judge nothing before the point of time waiting until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in the darkness and expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. God, God is looking at the heart. He's looking for integrity of heart. In Psalm 78, 72, it says that David led him with skillful hands and integrity of heart. Integrity is a big thing. Your motive, why you do things is a big thing. Are you doing it for Jesus? Are you doing it to be seen by others? I mean, Jesus knocked that thing the whole time. He says to the Pharisees, he says, listen, if you're praying in the streets to be seen, you're wasting your time. Go lock yourself in a room, pray to Jesus, and he rewards you in a public place. Some of us will take our reward this side of eternity. Some of us will will come, and uh, Jesus said it throughout uh, the Beatitudes, uh, Matthew 5, 6, 7, and, it's, and it says that he says you, you can take your reward. So we can take credit for something this side of eternity and not get the reward that side of eternity. It's always remaining humble. It also speaks about our potential. You have all been called to do something specific before God. You're not going to be judged on what other person's gift is. If I'm trying to be a Ramesh, a banker, it's going to be shocking, okay? I mean, like, it's just not going to, I didn't do great at maths, uh, you know what I mean? It's just not my gift. It's not my gift set. But Ram has a gift set that God has given him, and he's called him to influence that place. All of you are, pl- are placed, whether you're in Dubai for 5, 10, 20 years, you're placed to be an influence. You're placed, God has called you to be a, he's called you to, to be used in the city. Um, we've all been given a measure of power. And to be cheesy, Spider-Man says, with great power comes great responsibility. Okay. <laughs> We're all called to serve. That's the bottom line. So you don't, can't say, oh, we're packing up at the end. You know, it's, it's not my gift, eh? It's, it's, I don't do the serving thing. I'm more of the kind of stand at the front and greet. No, we, we serve bottom line. We serve in every, Jesus, who was the King of kings, Lord of lords, bowed down to his disciples' feet and washed them. He says, that's, that's how I want you to act. That is the heart attitude you need to have. But all of us have been graced with different things. Not everyone's called to preach, but everyone is called to be an influence in their place that God has called them. There's a handicap built into our own lives. We are called to run in our own lane. We're not called to run in the person next to us. We, we are called to, to run with the thing that God has given. Now, for me, a church where everyone is running in their lane, running after the prize, running after heaven, we all see a church that changes nations. It's because no, there's no competitive. It's not like, oh, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to be better than that person. No, God has given every single, spe- every person a specific gift and calling, and he's called you to walk it out in your own lane. He's given you resources, gifts, time, etc. Um, 2 Corinthians 10 says that if we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, we are not wise. And I never really understood that, that text until I started studying this, that actually God, if we're comparing, it's, 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 it's silly. It's like comparison, not S-O-N-S-I-N. It's, it's, it's messing up the way that God, God has uniquely put something inside of you. It took me years to find the place with what God has called me. At the moment I find myself, I find my calling. That's for every single one of you. Final point, and then we're done. Promise. Act now or forever hold your peace. Act now or forever hold your peace. There was... Um, I remember my, my final year at school, we had exams, as all of us do, and uh, there's that moment where the teacher says, pencils down, and th- for me, that is an indication, not pencils, we had pens, it was an indication, if it is, especially if it's multiple choice, I just went C, 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 and you know, you're kind of out of, one out of five, you might get a mark, you know what I mean, so, 
it's, 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 it's almost like that when, when we step out of this side of eternity and we step into that side of eternity, we've been given one chance. We've been given one, lo- one life to live. There's going to be a moment where it's pens down. It's done. There's that song, uh, Mike and the Mechanics. It says, I wish I could have told him in the living years. I remember, yo, that is hectic. I wish, and it's, it's always like there's that regret. Like, oh, someone, someone passes away. I wish I, t- I wish I told them about Christ. Someone, someone, uh, say, yeah, they step into that side of eternity. I wish I had done something. I wish I had told them about this good news. And that is for every single one of you. In your workplace, God has called you to be, oh, see, actually, that's why I don't like this new thing. I just lost my space. God has called us to be that voice. Philippians 3, actually John 9 verse 4, it says that while it's still day, we need to work because night is coming. There's a, there's a moment that's going to come where we won't have a chance to lead someone to Christ, to give a cup of water in Jesus' name, to see a, a, a girl saved out of sex slavery, to, to stand up against abortion. We're gonna, we've got one life to live. We've got one uh, burp in eternity where we can make an everlasting difference. Um, Muse wrote this lyric, which I thought was profound. It says, it's time we saw a miracle. It's time for something biblical to pull us through. You've got one shot. You've got one chance. Do the most with what you have. We've been placed in a world that is, has hopelessness and fear. Nothing can stop you. Entrepreneurs, we need you guys to rise up. We need you to think kingdom, not your own wallets. We need you to think that we can actually change whole cities through the skills that are sitting in this room. Night is coming where we're going to stand before him. And we're going to, in that moment, it's going to be too late, but that's what I'm saying. We need to run this race with endurance, with purpose. But we're going to have absolute pure clarity that the only thing that's going to matter, that side of eternity, is Jesus and people. So let's realign our focus back to that. Can we pray?